Hey, welcome back to Steve Reed's Comic. What's up, fellas? Hey. Hey. Alright, so let's uh, let's establish the date. It is uh, May 10th, 2023. This is a spoiler-filled podcast. We're going to be talking about the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and a lot of other stuff. Anything else we mention is fair game. This is Check. your spoiler warning. Can you see my... Uh, I, I see your raccoon cup. You like that? Uh, it's It's very nice. Did you get that at Burger King? <laughs> Kristen got uh, it for me when we first met. Dude, I got I bought a a vintage Burger King Star Wars cup just uh, over the weekend. Nice. At, at a local, uh, went to the Medina Operation Fandom, which is all like you know nerdy stuff, Star Wars stuff. Um, and <clears> bought <throat> bought one. Um, but so Rob is wearing a two hundred stab wound shirt that is a death metal band from Cleveland. Represent. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really gory too, which Rob doesn't even like gory. Yeah, I got um, the AD didn't get the gory one. He's he like, ain't I wearing that out the house. He's wearing that in the garage. That's all. <laughs> I wear my other one. I wore one to the kids' game. I wore the uh, the local band shirt. La yeah, Chance. the one with just the name on it, not the bloody uh, face. <laughs> it's a little bigger. I I, I should have well, listened it, to Sean get the XXL. <laughs> uh. You don't. You don't really need to wear a two hundred stab wound shirt to like a little league game. I don't. No, I'm not, that's what I was that's, saying. I mean, that's not. That's excessive. Yeah. What, that's I'm, say, what I'm saying is, Dude, Rob's not going to wear it out anywhere. He's not even going to yeah, wear, well, wear it. I think he'll wear it. I don't think he cares enough. Hell I don't yeah, think he cares I don't enough. Give a shoot. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll, I'll, all right. So I'll tell me. Tell me about the show experience. You go to your first death metal show. Rob yes. is sixty-five years old. He's never been to a death metal show. <laughs> um, so Aiden wanted to go. I told Aiden about this band because I love this band. And it's just cool. It's cool they're from Cleveland. That's not why I support them, though. Most Cleveland bands suck. See, Mushroom Head, they're terrible. But anyway, 200 Stab Wounds kicks ass. Um, Aiden got into them. And Rob, being a good dad, took him to the show. Aiden texted me a little bit, sent me some footage. And he said he had a blast. He said it was the best experience of his life. <laughs> what he texted me. I have that in writing. He said he's going to... It's motivating him to... Uh, to get his license because he wants to go to more shows like this. So you're welcome. Without his Rob. dad, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think maybe he just knows that you weren't you weren't there for you, and he just uh, he wants to he, he wants you to you know not have to suffer through a bunch of death metal shows when he knows you'd rather be listening to like Ario Speedwagon. I mean, crowded. So <laughs> does Aiden have any other friends that listen to metal? Maybe one. Not just, a lot of. People don't listen. Not to Sean. Metal. Yeah, <laughs> Uncle yeah, Sean. No, not Sean. <laughs> Uncle Sean. That's it. Uh, that's a, yeah. So th- it was. A, it was a decent. Ex- did you wear earplugs? No, I didn't need them. It wasn't that bad. Oh wow. I mean, I'm wow. deaf anyway, so I probably didn't need them okay. even if it was. You didn't bad. have like your ears ringing afterwards. Or I anything? brought them though. I, I bought okay. them. No, my ears weren't ringing. Wow. Uh, there was a section in the back that had seats, so I got to sit the entire time. It was nice. <laughs> uh, Diet Coke was uh, the bartender hooked me up. <laughs> That's awesome. Could, could you smoke inside? No, you can't smoke uh, anywhere. I was like, damn, Rob's going to go to metal shows all the time. <laughs> but they, dude, they got a, a spot outside. Everybody, you smell nothing but skunk weed. It was horrible. So yeah. I just started going outside the front door because it was right where I was standing to or sitting. So it was nice. Uh, four bands played. The local band actually was pretty good. Um, the band that I thought was going to be cool called Steak Sauce Mustache. 
Um, <laughs> I bought a T-shirt. It's a cool looking shirt. And yeah. I was like, oh, man, this band looks like they're going to be pretty cool, you know? So it was the local Memphis band. It was a bunch of uh, like four guys, college students. Um, I talked to them, really nice guys, just starting off. Um, then there was uh, this band called Anamana. I don't know what it was. Really good. <laughs> um, I don't know where they're from. And then we had Steak Sauce Mustache, and they sucked balls. I didn't like it. It's, it's um, a shame that the only band you remember is the one that sucked. I'm sure these other bands could use some promotion. Right? I can't pronounce the other one. It looks like on a, it looks like a tool name, and I can't pronounce it. But Anima? I got a shirt. I'll wear the shirt next week, and then we'll figure out what it is. Dude, how uh, many shirts did you buy? I bought a, I bought I, I bought God one damn. for every band to support God the damn, bands, dude. dude. They were only like you- like one of them was like 15 bucks. I mean, it's like, dude, I can't even get a Hanes shirt for ten dollars <laughs> so uh then uh yeah th- that band was gimmicky and they really sucked but uh 200 stab wounds was really good man yeah so they, they they i mean you could you could see the tear <laughs> and it was like uh the actually the memphis band did really well but is it La i Chance? mean it just went is that the name of the band la chance yeah la chance Okay, but uh, the the two hundred stab it was like it was a cut above. <laughs> it was yeah, they like, they've been tour that they're a young band too. They've I mean they've only been around for like two or three years. They they've been touring good. They, they've been touring with some heavyweights. They've been touring with Cannibal Corpse, uh, yeah. Obituary. I mean they're going around with like the big boys, um, Soulfly, and. Um, really getting their chops and just touring nonstop too, which obviously has an impact on your, on your playing and stuff. And man, they just, when I saw them in December, man, like the, and I saw them at, like I said, just sold out show oversold fucking show probably because it was, you know, Cleveland local band. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a really strong um, lineup though, too. There's a, an, another band I like uh, when I saw them called enforced. Who, I think they're from uh, Virginia, maybe really good and then undeath which i'm not really into undeath but they're kind of popular right now so that it was a really stacked lineup um wait yeah, what is the, what does the steak sauce mustache shirt look like uh, it looks more like odd- 70s <laughs> hmm. it's That's got that style. but not a mustache with steak sauce dripping from it or something uh, i don't know it's got <laughs> it's got a guy with a mustache on it though i think right on uh, it looks like you know something from like Jimi Hendrix days, you know, that 70s shit. But they don't sound 70s. But they were they were too gimmicky, you know? Yeah. It was, you know, they're throwing balloons and they were doing weird stuff. I didn't like it. Meanwhile, so, 200 Stab Wounds gets up there and they just... Oh, just play, man. right? Just play. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. And they fucking shred. Dude, I'm glad you enjoyed it too, man. I'm, yeah, I've, they were I good. I felt really gratified that, that Aiden enjoyed it. Yeah, um, Aiden was. Uh, I got video of Aiden shaking his head. He didn't get in the mosh pit. Yeah, he said he was head banging and, and just having a great time. Best experience. I don't understand of his life. the mosh pit. I, uh, <laughs> I even if I was young, I wouldn't understand it because it makes no fucking sense. But oh, sure. dude, I love it. It's a release. It's cathartic <laughs> to get in there and just throw it yeah. out. it's it's the only kind of dancing I like because it's the only kind of like it real ain't dancing, man. It's running around That's... and jumping up no, and down. See, you're and... used you're used to choreography. That is dancing. That is <laughs> that that is dancing at its core. You don't you don't know what you're doing. You're hey man, I can't dance either, and that ain't dancing. <laughs> it's dancing. 
Don't judge. People <laughs> dance different ways. People express uh, themselves different ways. I've never nah. been to a concert I didn't like after I started drinking. Like, <laughs> like I just I always drink and just listen to music. But I've never been to a concert I didn't enjoy. Even Kid I, Rock, I was like, yeah. You like Kid Rock, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did at the time. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like you, you brought that shit into our house. Remember, <laughs> I always remember. I hated Kid Rock from day one, right? Like I hated when you put that shit on. <laughs> he did. Always hated that dude. Uh, yeah, because he's terrible. Is the main reason it had nothing to do with politics or anything. He just did not make anything worth listening to. Well, he put on um, a great show. That's all. Well, that's good. So, I mean, I'm trying to think of a bad one, but I don't. I don't remember. I haven't been to like concert. a bad show. The, the only concert I really hated though was I only went because a, a chick wanted me to go with her was to see Reba McIntyre. <laughs> McIntyre. Uh, <laughs> and just. No thanks. I don't. It's not. You're just <laughs> trying. You're just trying to get laid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it didn't even work out. It was just. It was just a wasted evening. Uh, <laughs> Listening to. You made uh, it through the whole thing. You didn't leave. Like, sorry, that's yeah, en- enough. I, I is there, enough. I was there. Well, I was there with two chicks, and um, he yeah, increased uh, his odds. Right, and still lost. Uh, still nothing. <laughs> Snake eyes. Uh, but you've been to as yeah, many that... country shows as I have. <laughs> My first it one was Clint Black and Winona Judd. I think Rob took me to that or something. Somebody, yeah. somebody took. Yeah, me there. I did. You and Mandy, I think. Was I wearing a cowboy hat at the time? Dude, I don't. I just remember Rob sitting did. on the lawn cringing. <laughs> I was like, God, this sucks. <laughs> oh, don't, you, how dare you? Clint Black's the man. Clint Black you gonna was listen a, to? It was all right. It's just too twangy, man. I can't do it. Are you going to put 200 stab wounds on your on your Spotify? Pull no. them up? You don't have a favorite track? I don't have a Spotify. <laughs> I don't. Oh. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the last time you'll see that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> It's possible, but whatever. It's pretty he, good. You know I'll what? Wear. He gave gave the band some support. It's good shit. No, good that's shit. awesome. That is awesome. I, I bought a t shirt from every band. I did. Aiden didn't care. He wanted the. He wasn't going to get one for the. He liked the whatever Anima or whatever they were. Yeah. Um, Anamana. I don't know. Anamoya. He liked them a lot. That's okay. cool. I'm glad Aiden had a good time. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Oh, there'll be many concerts in his future. Oh, man. I wish I could be young again. Oh, to be young and go uh, to death metal oh. shows. <laughs> Last time I was in a mosh pit, I got black. I got so, my eye blacked out. Somebody hit so me. we we go up. We're going in. And the guy asked, Aiden, are you 21? And Aiden's <laughs> like, no. So he put out his hand. He got two big X marks, you know. I was like, right. when we got through, I said, Aiden, when somebody asks you if you're 21, you just say yes <laughs> until they ask you for your ID. <laughs> yes. Oh, let me see your ID. I mean, no. I mean, no. Sorry. <laughs> what, did I, what did I say? I thought I said no. Uh, I thought you said you aren't 21. I was like, that's right. <laughs> I, di- I, didn't, I didn't drink either, but. <laughs> Aiden comes home with his six pack. <laughs> Soused. Oh, boy. Well, uh, what else? What else you been doing? Anything? Uh, well, 
I guess we we can talk about Guardians of the Galaxy three. I went and saw that today. Logan went with me. Um, so uh, freaking emotional. <laughs> it's an emotional roller coaster. So let's let's try to summarize the story here. Um, basically, <laughs> we get we get a lot of Rocket Raccoon's history and origins, and it all ties back to this guy named the High Evolutionary, um, played by a guy named. Uh, Chakwudi Woody or something. I can't pronounce. I, I, don't know I pronounce looked his at name. his name. I'm he, like, he's I'm... in Peacemaker. He played the right the alien dude. Yeah, he was like the head of the team in Peacemaker. Right. Um, and so the high evolutionary is basically does a lot of animal testing. He's into eugenics, all that kind of stuff. <sighs> he's trying to create this perfect race of people in this perfect world. And so we get a uh, but there's an attack on nowhere which is where the guardians base is and rocket gets wounded severely wounded and they need to they need to save his life and in order to do this he's got some device strapped to his heart that ties back to the days they were experimenting on him and so they figure out where they need to go to to get this code to disable this device basically and while rocket raccoon is um did we say spoiler award warning you yeah, said it at the beginning. Be- and just making he's, sure he's out of it. <laughs> you really don't listen that much. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm just making sure. I made a big production of it. <laughs> Steve's just like, Wee. <laughs> Is it my turn to talk? Yeah. Are other people talking? I wish they'd shut up so I could talk. Um <laughs> I'm just making sure I know that irritates some people. Anyway, uh so he's out of it, and we're that are like showing his memories, uh, going back to when he was being experimented on by the High Evolutionary, and how he, how he got involved basically, into into Rocket Raccoon, and um, so we get a, a whole bunch of his backstory, which is cool, um, and then basically it's it's all about saving Rocket for like the first half of the movie. Um, eventually, they achieve that. Uh, he dies briefly. They they bring him back. And then uh, turns out the high evolutionary has like all these kids on his ship. And so they have, they want to save these kids now. And that's kind of like the second part of the movie. Um, You're emotionless uh, when explaining this. Did you not like it? I fucking love this movie. (laughs) No, I I did like the movie. Okay. Um, Okay. (laughs) I I, I did. I just, I just, you know, trying to just give like a basic summary of, of what takes place. And uh, I mean, that's basically it. Um, I have I have nitpicks here and there that we'll get into, but overall, I, I really enjoyed the movie. Though, what did you enjoy most about the movie? Um, I just like learning about Rocket. I kind of like that it was like his movie. Steve must be ecstatic. Oh right? my god, dude! I'm fucking I'm through the roof, man. I'm freaking <laughs> my favorite animal growing up was a raccoon. I had no idea it was in comics till much like almost right when we started this podcast. And uh, yeah, and the whole story is about him. And goddamn, those flashbacks were adorable. And he's, you know, he's super smart. And you see where he starts fiddling when he first starts making things and everything, contraptions. And and he pisses off the high evolutionary because he's smarter than him. And he gets mad at Rocket, basically. He's just jealous. Oh yeah. my gosh, dude, these scenes were, they're so good, dude. And, and then at the end when, I mean, I was... I took the family and everyone cried at different parts. It was fucking well, except my wife. She's she was stone cold. She's like, no, we're good. 
But she cried at all? No, no. God and damn. She, she, and she's like, I don't know. Is there something wrong with me? I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, like Brooklyn starts crying when the the friends, his little buddies, get murdered. The the animals. Yeah. Lila, uh, teeth, teeth, and teeths and floor teeths. <laughs> So, and but I was expecting that, you know, because I hadn't seen yeah. any of the other characters up until this point, so I figured no one made it, you know. But the part that got me was when he was kind of, you know, about to go to heaven or whatever, and he starts, oh, yeah, he starts, you know, saying, you know, he feels guilty for their deaths and he's saying, I'm sorry, and I start losing it there. And then Brooklyn's still lo- losing it from the first time. <laughs> I don't think Brooklyn stopped crying, and, and then the very end. Uh, Dominic has always loved Jurassic Park, and he's always loved uh, Owen from that movie. Chris oh, Pratt. Yeah. Chris Chris Pratt's. Oh, character. okay, gotcha. He calls him Doctor Owen. I don't think he's a doctor in the movie, but he's always <laughs> he's always called him Doctor Owen. So at the very end, he thought Chris Pratt <coughs> was dead at, when he was out in space. You know, again, yeah, with no, with no suit. And then Dom- Dominic starts bawling. He's like, you can't kill Chris Pratt, you know? So, like, all three of us are just fucking tear-soaked, you know? Yeah. And it was it was just amazing. Like, I thought they were going to kill, like, five different characters, you know? Yeah. And and they surprised me. They didn't kill anybody, you know? Right. Well, except for the animals. You know, they killed the animals. but And none of the main characters... I. I, dude, I thought Drax was dead at some point. I thought Gamora right. was dead. I thought uh, Star-Lord was dead. I thought Rocket was dead. I mean, I didn't think they were going to kill Rocket once. You know, I was like, they just did the whole movie trying to bring him back. They finally right. got him. But right. then he but then he was in that, that out, you know, that, that corridor all by himself trying to help the last animals. I'm like, are they going to kill Rocket after all that? Right. So, I mean, dude, it was... Uh, the, the the movie totally surprised me. I thought somebody was going to get the axe from the get go. The action, well, I, the action was great. I didn't think so. I, I I thought anything was possible. I didn't I didn't have like any bets on anybody fully dying simply because, um, I don't know. I just James Gunn is he, he doesn't necessarily need to kill somebody to pull off emotional moments. So. Like when we were leaving, Logan asked me. He's like, "Do you think Rock is going to die?" I was I lost like, "Well, it's, it's, you guys are frozen. Can anybody can hear, you me? hear us? Yeah, yeah. Can you not hear us? My Did thing's you? still recording. Can you can you hear us? The, the timer's okay. still going, but I can't hear or. Uh, you guys are frozen. All right, he's got a he's got a back. Okay, he backed out. We'll just wait for him to come back. All right, because we're still recording. We're fine. We'll just wait for him to come back. Are you? Can you hear us now? Steve, Steve, Earth to Steve. This is a fun episode. Oh, what? We're not giving him crap. I still got nothing. I got well, blank I screen. I don't know if you guys can hear me. It didn't upload. Like it didn't. It didn't. Uh, can you hear us or no? Yeah, I, I don't see anything. Can you hear us? Yeah, <laughs> Keep timer still this going. Is, this is what happened before you came on. I was watching him stretch <sighs> and grunt for like two, three, four minutes. <laughs> I was like, Steve, Steve. And he was just moving around. Oh, hopefully he gets this message here. Um, yeah, Steve's used to uh, Steve's used to uh, what is that? Joss Whedon, who will kill everybody just for the sake of killing <laughs> right. people. 
Um, I told him to exit his browser, but he's not checking his phone for the first time in his life. <laughs> he's just he's just staring at us. This is really strange. And I don't know what he's trying. To, I don't know what he thinks he can do while he's in here. There, there he goes. He goes. Maybe, All right. Maybe he'll reload his browser and get back here. Uh, right. What is this? Oh, yeah, it was, uh, it was very emotional. There were like three or four times. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's saying a lot where you can get those goofy characters and, you know, you really care about them. And yeah, there's only, and it, there's really only been three movies, you know? I mean, right. that's incredible. Now that's all James Gunn. I give James Gunn yeah. credit. Can you hear us, Steve? Okay. All right. Um, this super we movie, you. you know he's going to do something with the Superman movie. You probably end up yeah. in tears for that. So that, I, that's th- this. I mean, you know, with his storytelling and, you know, you care about the character. This Superman movie is I bet you it's going to be really good. Oh, yeah. Well, just Superman in general. So Logan and I were leaving. We're in the car. Logan's like, do you think they're going to kill Rocket? And I said, I don't know. I said, I just I think anything's on the table, but I don't. I don't think that's necessarily his motivation. So I follow James Gunn on socials. He fucking loves animals. So I don't think, you know, I, I think at, to him as a writer, that's kind of an, of an easy way to to uh, provoke an emotional reaction was my thinking was, oh, just kill Rocket. Everybody will lose their shit, right? And um, he definitely put him, you know, in danger, in peril. But you don't, again, you don't have to kill him to, to pull that emotion out of people. Um yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed the movie. I you were talking about when Peter Quill was going to die, and I that was one of the times I was not, I did not have tears in my eyes. I was like, yes, please kill Peter. I don't really care for Peter Quill. I don't dislike him. I just, I think it's more. I just don't really care about Chris Pratt. Uh, he's kind of annoying at this point. Uh, so I, I really hoped he was going to die. And I, and it's funny because I, in, in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, okay, either Adam Warlock's going to come out or they're going to revisit this moment from guardians one and Gamora is going to do something. But then they did a wide shot and Gamora's just standing there just staring. Like she didn't give a shit. <laughs> she, she didn't give a shit. No. But then Adam Warlock comes flying in and I was like, fuck, like, God damn it. I, I was like, they should have let Peter Quill die. He's like the least essential guardian in my opinion. <laughs> now when yeah there was a lot of moments though i was definitely tearing up a lot of the animal stuff that's e- that gets me going easy because i just i love animals anyway all the rocket stuff uh yeah a lot of the scenes but yeah th- th- there's a lot definitely a lot of moments um now to nitpick the thing overall though adam warlock uh completely utterly pointless character in this movie really annoyed me served zero purpose i i feel like he was only in the movie because they put him in the credits of the last movie but he ba- he didn't move the plot forward one iota he you didn't need him you know anybody could have saved peter quill at the end you know through some other means or whatever um i have no idea i i only the only thing I've ever read with him was the Infinity Gauntlet 
and I don't really remember his character. He's very powerful. That's really all. And I don't think he was like a 12 year old though. In that, from what I remember, he was not. Yeah. And it just, it just served no purpose. Literally like that, that could have shaved 20 minutes off the movie probably. Uh, because we, we just didn't need his, I mean, anytime he did something that instead they could have just used one of the high evolutionaries, uh, men or cronies or whatever, you know, his, one of his guys to stage an attack. They didn't need to use him at all. So that was the only part that I was like truly disappointed in from a story angle was they kind of shoehorned him in just because I guess they mentioned, you know, he was in the credits of the last movie. So they got to do something. Um, but other than that though, yeah, it was, it was solid. There, there were some jokes that did not land for me and it was very jokey. I, I don't, it was a lot. <laughs> there was more than usual for a James Gunn movie, but there were jokes that also landed. And I do like the care. Some of the over the top stuff with the screaming with Mantis screaming. And I don't know. So that whole scene in the, in the house with Drax on the couch, like that wasn't really funny. Like they kept trying to make that whole scene. Um, that could have um, been that, that whole scene could have been, that didn't serve anything. Yeah. Either. Just that they got a car. <laughs> I mean, that, right. That was fun. Yeah, I did like this. That that was funny. Yeah, and like I said, there there is stuff that absolutely works that I really like. The some of the Cosmo stuff, like the the good dog bad dog thing, didn't pay off uh, comedically, in my opinion. Uh, right. And it, yeah, and it was just it was it was so telegraphed and just it was like okay, I still like Cosmo. I, I like dogs, but um, uh, but yeah, these are nitpicks though. This, I mean, go see the movie. It's it's enjoyable. Uh, I, I really liked, uh, I don't know. I liked Nebula's whole arc over all these movies. Um, how her character grew and evolved. Yeah, that was cool. Oh dude, David. Yeah. He had like an actual, he, he was pretty funny though. He's like, I got a guy like that. Like I, I liked that stuff. Like that was funny. <laughs> We all got a guy like that. <laughs> we all got a guy like that. But uh, yeah, and then you know the 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 battle scenes were really cool. The corridor now, scene, the fight scene at was, the end, was, yeah, that was really good. Yeah. But no sleep till Brooklyn. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we got our first F bomb. Oh yeah, we did. We got it. Got the F bomb. Open the fucking door. So uh first F bomb in a Disney or in a Marvel movie. In a Marvel Disney movie, I should say not counting blade and punisher. Um, but yeah. Uh, war yeah. pig <laughs> reminded me of uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I could see that. Uh, so, there, there was what, an over-reliance on the pop songs, though, too, this time, like to really punctuate things, I thought. A um, little bit of a crutch, not nothing major, because I, I like pretty much every song they use. Um, but it, yeah, I don't know. Well, but it, I think this one, this one, though, like almost to a fault, you know, the whole intro is just that acoustic version of creep. Um, and it, I mean, it works, uh, but it's, it's becoming kind of tropey with, with James Gunn and obviously, and that's what they do with the last Thor movie too, which was an abomination, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. A score, um, uh, sometimes a score really helps, man. I mean, when it, when it, when there's a good score, it really draws emotion out, you know? Yeah. A little more than but, just, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a good flick. I, I give it like, uh. I get a three out of four stars, maybe three and a half. Yeah, I liked for it. Sure. Probably the second one. Really? Yeah. So I mean, I got—I've only seen this once. It's fresh in my mind, so that could change. Um, I'll definitely revisit it. I really liked it. I think it was—it was over long. I really hate that they put like how you can have a two and a half hour movie. 30 minutes of credits. So you got three hours and then you're going to put a credit scene at the very end of the movie. And then the credit scene is horribly disappointing. Like the, that's fucked up, man. That's just rude. That's disrespectful of people's time. But the, the whole preview of just him talking to his dad about mowing the neighbor's lawn to say star Lord will return. Like you could have put that 15 minutes ago. Well, did you read the newspaper? Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, the Kevin Bacon. The reference to the the Christmas special was it. on the newspaper. Um, I did, yeah, I saw that. Uh, Ke- like Kevin Bacon tells Molly, all about Molly his alien right abduction. Um, <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> now the scene was fine. Uh, yeah, the the scene's fine, but what you. You need to put it up further in the credits. There's no reason to make people sit that long when they. Sean do. applauded when Star Lord is back. So <laughs> I don't hate him. I, I really don't. I just I was like, okay, if you're gonna kill somebody, that's I'm perfectly fine with that. He's the least likable guardian in my opinion. So yeah, I was I was good with that. Mantis got a little bit more screen time, but it's definitely you, you should go see the movie. I, I definitely recommend it. It's, it's Rockets it's, movie. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. The rocket stuff is the best stuff. Yeah. And it's most it's a lot of rocket stuff. It's a good story. Great great way to He was okay. He got a little Dude, I love when they when the they end. peeled his face off and there was like that big strand of like goo and then and he was all <laughs> right. That was satisfying, though. I, I like that because I did. I wanted to see what what Rocket had done to him. <laughs> it looks something like this. It did. It did look <laughs> like Rob's shirt. <laughs> yeah. They're all three really good. This was the best Marvel movie in a long time. Since Spider-Man, in my opinion. Yeah. Since uh, No Way yeah. Home. And Spider-Man's kind of a Sony movie, too. You know, it's not yeah. really a true Disney. Yeah. 
Yeah. He, because he I had somebody go with me. He didn't quit after the me. first 15 minutes. So, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I got it. I'm interrupting you. No, I'm interrupting you because none, none of this matters. This is what matters. We got the Marvels trailer. Logan had, was seeing it for the first time. And he was like, man, that looks terrible and sitcom-y. And then he's, I, I was like, yeah, you know, they're going for lowest common denominator. He's like, like Steve? I was like, yeah. So, <laughs> Oh, you didn't know they switched? Oh, I did. See, I, I knew that, and I still thought it sucked. So that it didn't. <laughs> and that's why I did not watch it. Uh, right. I got the Little Mermaid trailer, which I had not seen, which I... I didn't get that. I've never, uh, never been a Little Mermaid fan, not unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. I was never the target demographic. So. Mm-mm. Yeah. I didn't get it. Um, I forgot what we got. We got the Marvel. Uh, we got Oppenheimer, which we were making fun of. Uh, you guys know Oppenheimer, the new uh, Christopher Nolan flick. Yeah. Logan and I were laughing about how he gets his movies get nominated for best sound. Meanwhile, it's like, you can't even make out the dialogue. His, his version of sound editing is okay. Crank all the effects to a hundred, bring, bring the volume down to about a five on the, uh, on the, on the voices, just on the voices, <laughs> everything else, hundred, 110. Tenet. Tenet was bad. Tenet. You, I couldn't hear anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he said that he doesn't, he doesn't even care that people can't hear it. He thinks that's part of the experience because it's like you're there and that's how it'd be in real life. You wouldn't be, but if I go to a movie, I want to hear the fucking dialogue, but I'm (laughs) not fucking there and I'm not in the movie and it's not real. Yeah. (laughs) I want to, I want to hear the dialogue. dialogue. (laughs) There's Uh, a speaker devoted to dialogue. I want (laughs) it. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, no, no. I'll, I'll catch maybe. it when it comes home. Maybe I forget what's coming up next. That I'll actually leave the house to go see. I thought there was something else coming out soon, but I don't remember now. Uh, probably just oh, one. You, what's your? What are your thoughts? <laughs> oh man. The Crusaders. Knights of the Templar. And nuns. And nuns, because it's got to be crazy. It's got to be wild. No. Nice. <laughs> But 
because it's not about the action; it's about the story. I, so I watch after Rob's enthusiasm. I watched the second. I watched the second episode, and stupid. I would call it just stupid. It's not. It's not well done for my opinion. In my opinion, and then so I watched the second episode because of Rob's enthusiasm, and they pulled this. And they and Logan and I were just talking about certain tropes that I hate, which is I'm not. There's, I don't like fourth wall breaking, and I also don't like when writers take the time to address something in the movie that's bad writing, but if they make the characters address it, they give themselves a pass. So I don't know if you remember last week, but I said the Holy Grail is like the stupidest, most overused MacGuffin. In the second episode, they literally say, they call it an overused MacGuffin. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. So again, I was like, all right, I'm done with the show. This is this is like, it, it's the writing I abhor, where they, they rely on tropes and cliches and crazy action scenes to distract you from the fact they have no story. They have no characterization. Just remember there's a warrior nun who's married to Jesus and all this. Cra- like, I don't like it. It's just, She's it's a nun. Just like, They're all married to Jesus. Right. That's it. What'd you think? Well, of not, that? not necessarily, but. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> or, or, or in my case, worse. Or worse, <laughs> he don't worse. like he don't like entertaining shit. So I love entertaining. How dare you? I, I bring you nothing but entertainment. How dare you? Oh, it gets better. And to me, to me, that's just, but to me, that's, that's like, um, be, there's nothing wrong with wacky. It's depend how it just depends on how it's implemented and how it seats in again, Scud, the disposable assassin absurdist, but it all works. This to me is writing by dartboard, you know, like, uh, we got warrior nuns, we got Holy grail, we got crazy magicians and like people just throwing darts and being like, yeah, let's do that. That's what it, it's very, um, very family guy, which I also hate cha, cha, cha. where there's no, there's no cohesion. It, you're just, it's, it's for, for the normies to be, that's for the normies to be like, this is crazy. It's crazy. It's like, it's he, not he crazy. don't like episodic TV. So you have that's to not watch true either. That's not true. I watched Barry. It. I'm watching Barry. I started succession. What do you think of Barry? I don't think, think I think can watch Barry? Succession, though. Well, no, it's not. It is a good show, and it's too intense. Like, I don't, it's like, that's like a really good show, and I'm like, I don't know if I can stick with this, because it's like, it was, it was, it was hard for me to get stick with, like, Breaking Bad, because, because it's intense. It's, it's well done. I, I really liked it, but, Yeah. Right. And that's, and that's off putting me. And that's not bad. That's just my own personal thing where I'm like, I don't, I don't like this intensity. It's, it's very well done. I have nothing but praise for what I've watched. And I do. And what's funny is like, I almost put the second episode on and I was like, I don't think I can handle it right now. So I was, <laughs> I was like, I'm not in this space to handle the intensity of this show. Schmidt. Dude. So he, so it was a flash forward. It was not fantasy. Yeah. 
Um, so we're eight years in the future now from the previous episode. And basically, it's just about their the lives they've established together. Him and Sally, they have a son. Um, you know, they're living in the middle of nowhere. They seem so happy. <laughs> yeah, she is not doing well. Um, and... <laughs> She's not doing well. And yeah, but I, I liked it though, because I was just like, holy shit, they're they're pursuing this where everything's gonna take place eight year, you know, eight year time jump. Um her watching that show with her friend on it, her old, you know, acting partner, or whatever, that was I don't know why, but that made me laugh. Like when she's just sitting there watching her, her friend do, you know, do basically what she wanted to be doing. Um then you have that very intense scene at the diner. Uh, I just, I love, I love Barry though. I do. I love it. I'm trying to think what, and there's always at least one thing that makes me fucking laugh my head off. Uh, yeah. Abe Lincoln. They're talking, they were talking about Abe Lincoln. Um, Oh, I know what it was. It was when he's showing him because he he's trying, you know, he's basically uh, brainwashing his son because he, he's so scared of being found out. So he, his son has to hide a baseball mitt, which obviously I relate to that kind of shit as a kid. But then he's showing him all these videos of like kids dying while playing softball and shit. And so that was that was really fun. You know, kid killed by line drive. Uh, girl breaks her neck you know, uh, catch it a, a home run ball or whatever. Like <laughs> I was like, this is, it's, it was dark, but hilarious. And I think that's what we're, I think it was just establishing that, Hey, this is the reality. Now you got Cousineau out there again. Cause he just can't help himself. He's, we don't, I assume his son is still alive. Cause that was like, kind of like a, a shoulder shot, you know? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we'll find out. Um, if his son, I, I kind of hope his son is dead, though, and that he's still just a douchebag. Because um, they did a good job of making Kuzino like a douchebag and then likable and then a douchebag and then likable. They, they really do a good job with that on that show. Uh, and the whole time, I'm still rooting for Barry's psychotic ass. Uh, <laughs> like the dude is he's a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, he's. He is not a good dude, right? But I'm like, come on, Barry, pull it out. Like, you got this. You're going to win. I don't think he's going to win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oof. My kid's like, does, does your mom put hair on top of her real hair? Um, <laughs> uh, good stuff. But yeah, I probably will get back to succession, though, because, I, it, dude, it was good. But man, it was just, it was fucked up. Like really good character writing, um, decent. I didn't think I would like the premise so much, and I mean, I might just because I just I don't really like watching rich people be rich assholes. Uh, but uh, yeah, but the ca- the characters are believable and well written. Uh, 
I I like the Culkin kid because I feel like there's some depth there we haven't gotten to. Obviously, that is one episode, but I I could tell these these characters have have been through some shit um, by their behavior and a lot due to their old man. Um, yeah, but the well, I you could just tell he's he's you know he's he's been damaged and he lashes out a lot. And I relate to that too. So that's, that's so far again, one episode I'll probably get back to it though, but it it's intense. It's fucking intense. Is it really? It's, it's, I thought that was third season. It's good shit though. It is like, it's undeniably a good, a good, good first episode. Suck me in. Um, but again, like I have to I have to be in the mood for that kind of stuff, though. No, I did the second episode and I like I said, I, it just it doesn't appeal like it, like I said, it's that dartboard writing approach. I just don't like it where you're just like, oh, wouldn't this be crazy? Wouldn't this be crazy? Um, and I but it's not it to me. Again, it's just it's just very family guy where, you know, it's they're drawing they're drawing premises and characters out of a hat, basically. Like, yeah, it's not. It's not cohesive or I don't, I don't know. The I haven't wait. Uh, no, I don't care. Uh, okay. Oh no, man. Wait till you get to, uh, we, we, we learn about him. Oh, it all ties in and it's fucking nuts. <laughs> it's just crazy. I'm not going to say it. It's crazy. I've been trying to watch an episode of Rebels every day. It's not going well. I think the I only first season two. Took, it takes a while to get going. Yeah. Oh, nice. Right. <laughs> well it wouldn't have been rape first of all <laughs> that just scared the hell out of me yeah you see me jump I was like what the hell is that um yeah, there's what? there's a lot of weird stuff there with incest. Oh, in that it's movie. funny to watch the jump on camera when the garage then, uh, door opens. For I remember watching that the first time as a kid at my at an aunt and uncle's house, and even as a kid, I was like, "This is kind of uncomfortable." Nobody can see. This is this is weird. Oh yeah, I mean, I was older than your kids, but um, oh yeah, but uh, that's still a classic. My kids love that movie. That's one of the movies I showed to them when they were younger. It's one of their favorite movies. I think it might be Mason's favorite movie. I'm not sure. It's just a fun movie aside from, you know, the, the incest. Um, it's mostly, it's mostly fun. <laughs> oh, that's what I watched. The icon thing. 
Oh, did you watch that? Yeah. yeah. I watched them all. <laughs> I crashed out all of them? on them. Yeah. Isn't it great? Like, when you want to know it's about Star Wars. Fantastic. Oh, man. I eat up anything Star Wars See, related, and I've that, watched tons of stuff. That was more of one, because it wasn't, it wasn't by Disney. So, right. this, you got a lot more of the truth. Like, he had no right. fucking idea what he was doing the whole time, you know? that Which is what we all thought. But uh, like you said, with yeah. his uh, Marsha, is Marsha? Yeah. Yeah. Marsha Lucas. Uh, wow. <laughs> what? I, I, I didn't know anything about that. I No, me neither. I, I had no idea. But it makes and, sense. Uh, like everything that testifies to her, you know, and, and she herself, you know, I, I don't think she's like bragging or anything, but, you know, everybody no. basically says that she was the heart and yeah. she saved that movie in the edit. Mm -hmm. and you know an essential part of it and the fact that she's not a part of any movies after that and you see saw what happened it's like well i i guess that's true but <laughs> like, I, in the later episode i mean you get producers talking and you know like you get you get some like guys that were right there and they know they know what was going on because that yeah. one producer was like yeah rick was a yes man <laughs> you know is like, I knew that. I yeah. knew that about Rick McCallum because yeah. if you watch any of the making of Phantom Menace stuff, yeah. you could tell he's holding back after like the first viewing. And he's like, huh, you know, kind of reaction. I'm <laughs> like, dude, say something, man. Yeah. Like, tell him that this shit sucks. Yeah. Right. She didn't seem to be taken. No. Yeah. Right. And I, I've heard I, I that think many she's times. It's really sad that she like hasn't talked to him since the divorce. Like I think yeah. she really, you know, she's getting up there and she really, you know, like she's I don't know if you remember, she like their daughter got married and like they didn't talk. Like he didn't talk to her. I mean, that's crazy. You know, you eh. think about it, man. I kind of get nuts. it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I have known the very first movie. Um, I, I did know that the first edit was a disaster. Like I've, I've read and, and seen stuff about that, that the very first edit like did not play well. And it took, you know, different people editing it together to get it into what it, what it is now. Um, but I, I've never heard her really mentioned before, though. Yeah. I, I think it was some other guy. I don't remember who they, they mentioned that, that was able to cobble the first movie together and make it make it decent, basically. Um, but yeah, hearing, hearing about her contributions, her contributions to Return of the Jedi and like the, the final scenes with Vader and Luke. And when I was rewatching that like a week ago, and I had that in, in my mind, about how she edited it. I was like, man, this is very powerful stuff. I've seen it so many times that, you know, it doesn't have the same impact. I had to kind of put myself in a, in a headspace where I could get as close to experiencing it for the first time as I could and watching it and really paying attention to it. I was like, man, this is powerful shit, man. And I remember as a kid, like having that feeling like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. I thought Darth Vader was like evil and he was going to die. And, you know, that it was like a big twist for me as a kid in Jedi for him to save him. Cause that, I, I think I was just used to the, you know, the good guy kills the bad guy and that's how you win, you know, or, or arrest the bad guy, whatever you want to do. But uh, th that was a big twist for me as a kid. Cause I was so used to everything being so black and white. Cause you're, cause I was a kid, I was six years old. 
the hell did I know? <laughs> Steve's like, I got a fucking Smurfs guitar with your name on it, sucker. <laughs> You'll get some food in this phase. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Uh, you Man, George has some... It's amazing he got any of those movies made as bad luck as he Dude. had. Yeah. And again, because he was a pioneer, man. Like, yeah. He, we, they did talk a little bit about 2001 and how great the effects were in 2001. And he wanted to do something on that level. But every, almost everything they did, they were they learning made. as they went. They were yeah. innovating yeah. Like, at, at, on special effects in general. Yeah. Um, just the camera movements, you know, to do the X Wing shots and everything, how they decided to do that. The, and, uh, the editing, the software for the editing. I mean, yeah. And that makes that makes their job so much easier, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, that's probably the biggest thing. That but, and the uh, digital cameras. Like, I didn't know that that was the first digital camera. Like, Oh, and you're talking about Phantom Menace? Yeah, yeah. I like, oh, yeah. Like, they didn't know if they were going to work. <laughs> like, they right. had no idea when they started filming. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, Steve, you got to watch that. It's, it's it's really fucking good. Icons unearthed. I I would just show them the movies myself. Um, the way, yeah, it's it's too much TV, and there's there's a lot of filler there that, yeah. I mean, you could show them some. You can do whatever you want, but like the I think the movies are the essential. When I. I didn't have Clone Wars, obviously, when my kids were little, but I started them off with the original trilogy. I, I made the executive decision to show them the original trilogy because that's how I experienced it. I saw that first, and then I saw the prequels. And also because I wanted that to be, you know, the impact of Empire Strikes Back is a lot more so if you don't watch the prequels first, you know, yeah. finding out that Vader is his father as opposed to being like, oh, that's, that's Luke's dad kind of thing. Right. Oh, so the the Force Ghost. Why is he Hayden Christensen? You know yeah. why? You know what George said? No, I don't know how it came. How I found out? It's because that was the last time he was a true Jedi. Oh, that's stupid. It's yeah. like I that's think I told George Steve said. this. Did, did I tell you my revelation about this, Rob? About the Force know. Ghost. So this is the most recent revelation I had in my umpteenth watch of Return of the Jedi is swapping in Hayden Christensen for Luke to go look at makes zero sense because Luke is going to be like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, you said that on the podcast last week. Okay, I was like, it makes no sense. Like that. Yeah. It makes zero sense. Like, yeah, okay, he was a Jedi. But no, he was a Jedi at the end. That's, you could view it that right. way, you know? It, it, it's it was just him doing more fuckery with the because he didn't make that change until like 2004 or or wait i guess it would have been sometime between 2004 and 2006 he made that change yeah of fucking was, i think pre, it was when the it was re, they released them at the theaters or something the, no that was 97 oh that was 97 um he in that hayden christensen hadn't well, been cast that, yet. that was the dvds maybe yeah, yeah, this was like home video. Yeah, that they, yeah. Because he was still doing that shit with the Blu-rays and everything. So that's what funded some of the prequels was like he 
he re special editions. Yeah, because the the uh, they tell us on icons the merchandise didn't do as well, so he had to figure out how to how to uh, you know get more money because the merchandise wasn't that good, the toys especially. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what George a, said. He just uh like, he's just I, dude, excuses. if you watch this you find out he was just making this shit up as he went. Which is I mean, fine. like there I was, have no problem with yeah, that. Uh like they didn't even have a script. What was it? The Yeah. He kept putting one? the script off to yeah. like <laughs> dude he, was, he was like, hiring everybody and had yeah. all this stuff in place, and never didn't even have a script till the last minute. Um but uh <laughs> right right yeah, yeah so that i guess yeah. the, the special edition re-release in 97 they made about 200 million dollars on those yeah but he also and this is something i didn't know he funded empire strikes back personally and return of the jedi personally yeah i didn't that's crazy because he made all that money off of merchandising as mm -hmm. well as the movies so he he funded every single one of his movies basically and just but i think fox just distributed them here's the kicker is that he really didn't have even though he made all that, he was he had those other companies like ILM and yeah. he was doing so much stuff. A lot of the money was tied up into that, too. So he actually needed money to more money to make. He was, movies. He was also yeah. making money with ILM. That's though, true. Too. That's true. I mean, Jurassic Park, you know, like, well, that's he, what funded Terminator his movie two. was that was was do that's why he decided to make the prequels, because that's what paid for the first one. Right. Was the. Yeah. Uh, the other movies. It's our it's our World War Two baby. It's World War Two. We'll never we'll never stop talking about it. <laughs> it. It was good. I I enjoyed that one because, like I said, it wasn't Disney related, you know. So you you actually yeah. got some of the truth, you know. Real really good series. I man, I can't recommend it enough. It's on Amazon Prime. It's free. What is it like? Six episodes, eight episodes? Six, I think. Yeah. Is it six? Yeah, it goes pretty um, fast. I just watched them at night. You, you should have started four, five, six, one, two, three. Don't ever watch seven, eight, nine. <laughs> um. Yeah, I would, I would have just started them over, but. Just yeah, I would skip the I would skip the Clone Wars unless there's like a few episodes you want to show. That's them a lot. That's a lot of TV. That's <laughs> like, what is it? Seven seasons? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a lot. And a lot of the episodes honestly aren't good. <laughs> so, yeah, very there's a lot of good ones, but there's a lot of yeah. filler where you yeah, like a lot of filler. Yeah. Yep. Like some of my favorites have nothing to do with anything. Like the uh, the arc with Obi Wan and uh, Bo Katan's sister. I like that 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 story arc. Um. <laughs> Hondo Naka. And Sean Sean loves the droid episodes. <laughs> no, don't don't care for those. His favorite uh, is when that when that little guy gets in one of the droids. I like I like the one with uh with like the planet like the the force planet or whatever I remember oh, like, it was I think it was a two parter oh yeah where uh, 
That's yeah. Where Anakin like dark side, light has side to choose. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah, that. That was, one. that was interesting. That's the one that really stood out to me. I think it was two episode arc, but I'm not sure, but I, that that's, uh, I, I did like, like two some or of three. The, yeah. I like, the, <laughs> <laughs> I like some of the Mandalorian stuff learning about, you know, yeah. The, the history of, of the, the creases and the Mandalorians that that was usually pretty interesting. Um, and that tied into, I think some of those Obi-Wan yeah, yeah love interest episode kind of things. Uh, but I don't think any of them are truly essential except maybe, like, again, maybe the force planet. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was probably Sifo-Dyas, or however you say his name, who placed right. the order. But who knows? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Well, if if the emperor did do that, that's some four D chess right there. Because how long did it take him to make all those clones? Like that took a minute. Yeah. We got to have somebody to fight. Well, that was the thing. He was just, he was causing disruption. You know, he needed, he needed two factions. He needed to basically. get power. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you get. And he needed to overpower <laughs> the separatists. Dude, how do you get what... more power? Go to war. And a lot of the freedoms that you had before war, like look after 9-11, look at all the shit that they did away with. I mean, God, we're torturing people in freaking Cuba right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I th- I, that's what I got out of it. Potentially. That's a, that's a good question, because I don't... Now I kind of want to investigate that and f- find out for myself, because I'm sure there's a whole Wikipedia page about it somewhere. Or uh, w- Wikipedia, in this case. I'll have to check Wikipedia. Wikipedia has all that shit. Wasn't me. That'd be my wife. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I I got nowhere to go, guys. It's, I just I just I just pay the bill for the house. No, it's not your fault. I got nowhere to go. I'll be out by the pool next time. <laughs> All right, I'm looking. I'm looking up Sifo Diaz on Wikipedia. I'm just, I'm just curious. Yeah, there's a whole page for him. So, but I'm not going to read it all because there's a shit ton of info there. Dude, there's a lot of Jedi I have no idea about. Like, yeah. I don't. No, no, he was not. He was. Because remember, Kenobi knew who he was talking about uh, when he went there. He's like, oh, he's been dead a long time. So it, he could have just been working for him or it could be coincidence. I don't know. I haven't read the the page yet. So I never I got the know. feeling that Sifo-Dyas was, I don't know, maybe he was working for them or the Emperor. No. I, don't, I don't know. It's hard to say uh, without doing the research. I, did, I didn't really research. care. 
because. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's get off Star Wars for two minutes. Uh, did anybody did everybody watch American Splendor? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's not wacky enough for you, Bobby. Uh, it was. <laughs> he's just a cranky old dude, man. Yes, it is. He uh, is a cranky. So this is a, a kind of a. It's not really a documentary, but there's some kind of documentary like segments in this movie called American Splendor based on the comic book American Splendor by Harvey P. Carr. Harvey P. Carr being from Cleveland. I don't know if you noticed, but this movie was shot in Cleveland and yes, Lakewood. It did. Felt very, very Cleveland. And I had to look it up. Um, and he he's uh, just this cranky dude working at a file clerk for a, a local hospital. And he... Uh, he wants to, he decides late in life he wants to write comics. I don't know how late, not late in life. I shouldn't say that, but definitely not know, a young man. Pretty late. <laughs> um, but he's not like 60 or something. He's probably nah, in his nah. 30s or 40s. Um, but he's friends with Robert Crumb. Robert Crumb being an amazing, you know, well-known underground artist created Fritz the Cat. Uh, if you don't know who that is, look it up. Um, and uh, Harvey Picard himself is not an artist, but he does start writing comics and then uh, Robert Cal- <laughs> Crumb initially published or draws the, the comics for him. And, and then he hires more artists to continue writing his story because he doesn't want to do like superheroes and fantastical stuff. He wants to base it on his real life. And uh, it's, I think it was cool how they brought in like the real Harvey P car and um, who's his nerd buddy. Toby. Yeah. Which I had seen that. I still don't know where I know that guy from something probably, from MTV appearances or Howard Stern or something, but I've seen it, that guy before. I didn't know he had anything to do with Harvey Picar, but I have seen Toby because I remember the way he talks. And so at some point I saw that guy in my past. I mean, that's, that's not exactly useful information, but it was one of those things where I was like, Holy shit. I know that guy. Oh, speaking of MTV. Now that you brought that up MTV, I read that MTV news is officially over. I, I didn't know there was still MTV news. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, read, I read that. I was like, oh, okay. I thought that left <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> right. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know there was still MTV, let alone MTV news. Rock the Because um, we're old. We are not the target market. Anyway, sorry. Go back to. All right, so Steve, what are you, what are your thoughts on American Splendor? <laughs> right, right. I, uh, dude, in the eighties, or maybe it was the nineties, but I think it was the eighties. He was getting on Letterman, a, an underground comic book artist. Like that's nuts when you think yeah. about. It. Right. Right. Yes. (laughs) He was when he was sitting on the chair. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> 
Yes. Yes. Huh. Right? What are the odds? Well, well, he said that he was he got married because, you know, when he was just like I, I yeah, and he's like uh, I'd marry anybody who'd have me, um, basically. Uh, so he he didn't make enough money. Huh? So right. he didn't make a lot of money off of this, huh? No, I'm yeah, I'm sure he got paid for the movie and stuff. But I don't I don't yeah, know how maybe much. Yeah, movie, but but I get I think he died back in 2010 or 2012 like his third round of cancer basically. Mm-hmm. Is uh he did eventually so I think it was only, you know, 7 to 9 years after the movie came out, somewhat something like that. Um but I I kind of found it inspirational uh is because, you know, he he found something he liked to do. And he started doing it and he, you know, he didn't become rich from it or anything like that, but, uh, he found somebody he liked, turns out other people liked it too. And he actually, that's how he met his wife is she read his comic book. wasn't even in the same state yeah. and she flew here just to meet him. And he immediately tells her, Hey, I had a vasectomy. And anybody recognize that actor, the actress who played her? I, I had to look it up because I, I recognized her face. She played Tony Stark's mom in Civil War. Mm. Um, I think it was Civil War. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that, she was that's a who blonde she was. in that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's that's what I recognized her from, though. That's That has to be the only thing that I... The voice. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what... she. I mean, she only had a small part in, in Civil War. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. That that was her. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I've been saying about writing period. Now I can't draw, but the fact that he was writing, um, and then and that's what a lot of writers do with comics that can't draw. They just, you know, they they do some layouts, maybe. Or that maybe they just do a script. Even maybe they don't even do the layouts. Uh, and then yeah, then he hire definitely had the best storyboards ever. Just <laughs> stick figures. Just stick you know figures when you see and... you see the behind the scenes and you see like with Lucas, you see the storyboards and they're like amazing. And right. Then you you just see him two stick figures. <laughs> just, right. <laughs> just six panels. Yep. That was just the whole idea of uh, figuring out what you want. You know, some people figure it out early in life. Other people, it takes a lot longer. And, uh, and the, you know, figuring out having some success uh, with it, doing what he wanted to do, too. That's what I always that's one thing. Like when I talk about music, too, is or like, you know, a band like 200 Stab Wounds, they're not ever going to be a multi platinum artist. They know that. You know, just like he knows he's not going to sell a million comics or a hundred thousand comics even or whatever 
by doing what he's doing, but it's for him. And then it finds its audience though, you know, and that, that, that's always inspirational to me to see that. Um, well, I remember seeing him on the shelf in the nineties and as a kid, no, <laughs> as a kid, I was there, <laughs> I was mostly there for superheroes and stuff like that. But I did like, I remember seeing stuff like Peter Baggs, hate and uh, American splendor and, uh, a few other underground comics. But, uh, now, yeah, I, I, I would definitely check them out. Right. Well, I read about it and he apparently was that he was banned from the show after his last appearance. So I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't. That's something about this movie. I don't think they embellished anything in this. Yeah, movie. It, it is so down to earth. I can't say obviously, but uh, yeah, uh, I just I didn't see a lot of embellishment here. <laughs> it's just this is not the, and that's what I like about it. Like they they kept the aesthetic of the comic. They they you know if they did embellish it, it rang true. It was very believable and realistic because I at no point was like okay that that's not how that happens. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I really liked it. I I thought the I I'd give it easy three three and a half stars I, I thought it was really good probably one of the the best adaptations of a comic book i've ever seen it's up there with sin city very faithful you know <laughs> definitely faithful and i like i like that he oh, love toby um but in, in an early scene when they show the real harvey p car and they're like yeah they got this guy to play me i don't think he looks anything like me which is hilarious because he looks a lot like me. <laughs> they, did, they did a pretty good job and and Giamatti pulled it off too man just his whole demeanor like going off criticizing Revenge of the Nerds and everything like I love that whole scene like I was like I don't know why I identified with that but yeah <laughs> nitpicking a movie apart <laughs> and, you know that's funny because I thought of you when he was doing it yeah <laughs> I, was like, I really that's, did that's how I do I was like damn Sean and him I was like, did Sean <laughs> hang out with this guy in Cleveland or what? <laughs> I was. <laughs> Let me tell you what's wrong with Mrs. Davis. Uh, I watched 10 minutes and I'll give you the whole thesis of the whole show. I watched, two full, a... I watched two fucking hours of my life on that moronic shit. So, yeah. hey, I got to give him credit. You won't watch the second episode. <laughs> to form your own opinion of the show. Yeah, I don't know why I don't jive with that stuff or it has to nobody do it a cares. Way. It ain't the end and of the world. I know, but I I just I want to enjoy things. <laughs> like I don't I don't like it when I don't enjoy things. I'm like so that's right. why I always end All up right, revisiting car. But that's that's why I revisited Harry Potter so many times. I was like Steve I, I just I I want to I want to understand it. I want to <laughs> I want to understand why people like this. You know, we like this movie is about a cranky old man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not always a good premise, um, but I could definitely relate to him for sure. Um, you. 
I don't think that guy was really that socially awkward, though. I think he just. I think he was just truthful. That's a lot <laughs> like Sean. Clinical. Yeah. Diagnosis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Diagnosing yeah. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> they nailed these characters. Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. it, it was interesting. I don't think I would have watched it if you wouldn't have made me watch it, but <laughs> So yeah, uh American Splendor, HBO Max, if you're interested, check it out. Um but yeah, very it's it's a different kind of movie. You know, this Oh, I saw that. That was the old like school hat, too, man. <laughs> and I saw a Cleveland Browns jacket just in the background, like at the airport, too. I remember when uh, when he when he first met his his wife at the airport, there was somebody just because it's supposed to be Cleveland Airport. So uh, touching the detail is important, though, you know. <laughs> Well, I'd heard about it for years, um, probably just on a comic book news website, and I had never watched it. And I finally just. Yeah, I well, I went looking for it. It, it was just something that popped in my head. Um, I was probably watching that cartoonist kayfabe channel on YouTube. They talk a lot of, uh, about a lot of uh, underground comics and stuff. And I think the one guy, Ed Piscor, I think he actually worked on some I think he he was one of the artists for that worked with Harvey P. Carr because he he's in Pennsylvania. So and he he's all about underground shit. Um, so that's probably what sparked my my memory about it was the the cartoonist kayfabe YouTube channel, which I highly recommend. I love that channel. If you if you love comics and want to hear two guys who love comics more than anybody and are also experts, uh, you should just check that channel out. They pro- if you have a favorite comic series, Dark Knight Returns or punisher run they've probably covered it at some point and if they haven't yet they probably will uh they because they cover everything from the underground stuff to you know the the super high selling mainstream stuff they cover it all they they like all comics it's a really cool channel that's what that's what people are thinking they're getting when they click on this one (laughs) right (laughs) like we're we're not experts (laughs) this is basically a star wars fanboy channel we just dabble in some other things (laughs) <laughs> okay i think i remember when it came out yeah it came out early 2000s uh early aughts i've heard of it i just i didn't know yeah. it was about that though i mean yeah <clears throat> um all right so uh next week we're doing a comic book we're gonna do hellboy the crooked man uh, it is on my, <gasps> I'll send you like, um, the details of where yeah, you can please. find it on my comicsology. It's, so it's kind of, the end of the podcast. Uh, but yeah, check, uh, Hellboy Crooked Man. It's only like three issues, but they're the new Hellboy movie. The, 
the main story is supposed to be inspired by this particular story. So I think we'll, who's going to be Hellboy? Uh, I forget who they cast. So they recast again, huh? Yeah. No, I thought Uh, he was good. He was good. I, I liked him a lot. They, they cast somebody and I've seen him in stuff, but he's, I don't think he's had like a major role. I don't remember his name. Uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to who it. Uh, who owns the rights to this? Who's the distributing Hellboy? it? Yeah, uh, Mignola still owns the rights, as far as I know. I don't think he's outright like sold. Like what studio though? Who did the? Uh, I don't know. I, it might I be remember. Lionsgate again. Lionsgate uh, okay. did the last one. I'm not sure if if it's Lionsgate again. It might be. I don't know. Mm. Do not know. Yeah, New Line Cinema, I believe. Mm. I like that. My I like the latest one. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it's actually my favorite because it's to me it's the truest to the comic. The other ones are Guillermo del Toro movies, and they're good. But this one had way more comic stuff in it, and you can't go wrong with the source material. That's why we're there. So keep that up. But do you guys have anything else? Nada. All right. Well, as always, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Ciao.